In the last episode, I interviewed Isaac Isaguirre, and we came to a consensus that youth organizers require being mindful of the needs of their peers, as well as understanding the oppression of their disadvantaged peers on a systematic level. We also spoke about our own unique experiences of being students of color at a predominantly white institution and how these institutions can play an active role to dismantle the challenges we face. In today's episode, I will begin by playing an interview clip from Stud Turkle's archive. Even though we sing the song, uh, We Are Not Afraid, there is fear because we are human beings and we do have a tendency to fear. We're afraid because we don't know what's going to happen. And Every night someone had to go to the hospital, a group of, no doubt every night, four or five had to go to the hospital, girls, one fellow got his eye knocked out, girls hit with a brick in the back and sort of thing, head bandages, arm bandages. And uh, each night you went down, you didn't know whether you would be in the hospital at the end of the demonstration or not. So there were very human fears. And uh, as we marched back, we, in a group of threes and sometimes fours, we hold hands together and this would give warmth. We can feel the human warmth in the hand clasps. And as we sang the song, we can feel the warmth of our inward bodies and this would give us morale and momentum. Sometimes even though the people next, the person next to us was being pulled off the line and beaten and clobbered to the ground, we could still sing and hold our heads high and walk in unity and strength. In today's episode, I will be discussing topics relating to healing justice, experiences as an organizer, and how institutions should support the efforts of youth leaders. I will be speaking with Sofia Cruz. Sofia is the co-president of the Association of Latin American Students and is a part of the restorative justice program at her school. In the interview with Stud Turkle, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee were singing as a form of resistance towards their oppressors. Similarly, Sofia Cruz elaborates on her efforts to utilize art as a form to demonstrate the resistance of the Latina community against their own oppressions. What are you working on right now? Please describe. So for Alas, I had a dream that we had made an art installation and the art installation involved hands and we had the materials to be able to make that. So um, I made everyone make plaster hands and at the moment I'm currently decorating my own. What are these plaster hands for? The theme of Alas, the overarching theme this year is healing and growth, especially in Latinx communities, obviously. So. The idea would be that all the hands are reaching for, toward the same goal or reaching toward um, the in, like inner of something, emphasizing that like we are as a we as a community are still healing, but we're helping each other through that process. And what does Alas Fest entail? What are the different things you'll be incorporating in this event? Alas Fest is just a celebration of Latinidad at Jones specifically, and what that means is that it's a festival for students by students that is open to the entire Jones community and even outsiders if they if they want to come and it's just a chance to show who we are and what we're capable of as students as kids and as people why is Allah as important to you because this might have been the first place at this school where I felt comfortable where like I felt that 
this is a place I can come to and just like chill out after school and just like make friends and throughout the four years I've been doing this I've the bonds that I've had with people have become stronger through this club and the things that we do together what is your favorite memory at Alas? one year we were having a potluck on the terrace and I just remember there was a piñata and I just remember there was no stick so we decided to kick the piñata and I just stopped it and it was an experience <laughs> and I know that you're the president of ALAS now how was the transition of being a member and being a part of the leadership it was quite funny because they didn't even like ask us if well they did ask us if we wanted to be officers but it was super informal and it was just like all right here you go and then obviously the the, the older officers graduated which left like the position open to be an office to be like the president so brenda and i we were the only two members really left from the preceding cohort and so we we knew that like we had to fill this position and also to fill the remaining position on the board so we invited more people what are the challenges of being the co-president or yeah the co-president of alas um, just like being in leadership of like a huge affinity club at jones i think it's a challenge when you realize that really all the events at this school that are for students really don't have any um, faculty or staff input. So everything that you see at this school that's like for students was made by students. And like it's really just us trying to navigate like um, things within the school, but even things like greater school, like legal systems, like CPS things, like, like knowing how to like manage the money so that we don't get in trouble and our sponsors don't get in trouble. But also just like being aware that we occupy this space and that we have this responsibility to other brown people, even if they don't come to our club, because when things do happen, negative things that impact our communities, then a lot of people like turn to us as a voice in the in the greater Jones community. So it's kind of like our job to to try and call out like when we see things that are going wrong. Was there an instance that you had to step up and you know be the voice of those marginalized people one particular that i remember vividly is uh, right when covid started the and the bipoc page was like really popping um admin what is the bio bipoc page it's basically just an instagram page where students can submit their experiences at the school um specifically their experiences as bipoc students and the things that we've had to go through with teachers, with um, staff, and the sort of like inequities that are constant for us. And when that was happening and all these stories were coming forward, the administration released a statement saying that they had spoken to the affinity clubs. And I just, well, I knew as the president of the, such an affinity club that we were not spoken to. And so I reached out to some of the other clubs and they were like, yeah, nothing, we never heard anything. So I, I realized that was a lie and we had to set something into motion at least to call that out and to let other Jones students know that these things aren't being rectified and that they're still not being listened to. Um, yeah. And how is the relationship between admin and this club? I don't know. I don't talk to them. They don't talk to us. We just do our thing, you know? Yeah. I'm, it's not, it's neither good nor bad, I would say. It's just, it is what it is. Do you wish that they were more involved or more like, 
I guess, supportive or like actively trying to uplift Alas. All I know is that we've managed to come this far on our own and that when so for example i don't know if you ever came to the open house at this school but you might if you did you might have heard like admin being like one of the most diverse schools in the country in the in the city in the state or whatever which might be true um but they do nothing to help foster that diversity and the bonds and the struggles that come with being a diverse space so that for example is an instance of um of minoritized students being taken advantage of for being just who we are and existing in this space without getting anything in return really and i'm personally i would prefer if how do i say this it is sort of a fear of mine that if we do become more involved with admin then it would just kind of be like them seeing it as like everything's water under the bridge when it isn't um which is also why i'm just kind of like the things for me are fine as they currently are maybe if the future board will want to change things and that's up to them um and they're entitled to that but currently as the president i think i think we're okay yeah and what do you hope to see for alas in the future um i i don't know i just want people to make this space what they need it to be um i feel like like brenda and i we we made what we needed um, and I'm sure as time goes on, that will have to change for other people, and that's fine. But as long as it continues to be a productive and like chill space, um, I think I think we'll be okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you for interviewing with me, Sophia. Is there any additional things you'd like to say? Any final thoughts? I thought this was cool. I appreciate being interviewed. Thank you. In this interview with Sophia. We discuss how art can contribute to the healing process for the Latina community. She discussed the challenges and responsibilities of being the president of an affinity group at a predominantly white institution, as well as naming the problematic things her institution has inflicted towards her own community and disadvantaged students at large. Also, she puts a large emphasis on the importance of having a safe space at school, especially for Black, Indigenous, and students of color. In the next episode, I will be speaking with a group of interns from the U-Media's Gamers Universe. We will be discussing topics relating to the importance of having a safe space and the benefits that come from being a youth organizer. Thank you to the Chicago Public Library's Youth Media Center and the Stud Circles Radio Archive for managing this podcast internship program. The archival clips you heard in this episode were from the Stud Circles Archive. Thank you to Jonathan Bobodia who created the intro and outro music. And thank you to the interviewee, Sofia Cruz, for being the majority of this podcast content. And thank you to Jaime, Anna, Allison, and Valerie for being in every step of the way of me creating this podcast. I'll see y'all in my next episode. Bye! Mm-hmm.